I'm Ali Wine, a senior analyst with Eurasia Group's Global Macro Practice. I'm Oriana Schuyler-Mastro, a center fellow at Stanford's Freeman Spogli Institute for International Studies and a non-resident senior fellow at the American Enterprise Institute. Oriana, it's great to be talking with you again, and we are talking two days after a, a pretty landmark, and some would even say historic announcement. So the uh, the United States, the United Kingdom, and Australia signed a uh, signed an agreement uh, for a new trilateral uh, security partnership or working group, and it's very significant. It's going to involve uh, all kinds of new security collaboration between uh, these three uh, countries. It's uh, rightly generating a lot of attention. So maybe just just to get us started, tell us tell us what this this new uh, working group or what this new pact what does it entail uh, just for starters and what do you think are some of its core geopolitical consequences well you know i think the biggest thing that it shows is how wrong i've been in a lot of my past analyses so let me you know this has really made me call into question a few things so okay. i you know just came back from 14 months in australia too so there's sort of two points that i've been arguing about this first that australia was not really serious or ready to cooperate with the United States to counter threats from China. And two, I've traditionally uh, been critical of U.S. efforts to balance or pivot towards Asia. Uh, I had a New York Times op-ed this week on Afghanistan and Taiwan, in which I sort of said, you know, it's basically been a lot of uh, lip service to this rebalance, but I'm hoping now Biden is going to actually do it after the withdrawal. So this deal to me is actually a really big deal because it's not just like a superficial you know, like, let's make a deal as some sort of signal. This is real deep defense cooperation and on technology. The United States has always been kind of close hold on this kind of stuff. So the willingness of the United States to share this with Australia, the willingness of the Australians to sort of do this, even though it'll upset China, bringing in Great Britain so you have kind of a European angle. To me, this really suggests that the Biden administration is serious about doing new things with the alliances, right? This isn't just the old, let's do some joint exercises and sell some fighters somewhere. Like this is something new that's not only about the nuclear submarines, but is paving the way for more cooperation in emerging technologies like AI. So I think for me, this does suggest that Australia and maybe countries to follow are, if they have to choose between economics and security, they're starting to choose security. And the Biden administration is ready for that. And, and they are ready to do new and innovative things to reinvigorate those alliances. I don't know. Do you still do you have the same rosy eyed view as I do? Well, what I find striking no, and thank you so much for just, you know, such a sort of a tour de force uh, you know, overview of its of the deal and its consequences. What I find striking is just how dramatically different the the picture looks like from even you know two years ago. And I think particularly if you look at just pre-pandemic and post uh, well, I shouldn't say post-pandemic, but sort of pre-pandemic and you know where we are now, um, I do think that this latest agreement, it's, it's yet another affirmation of the extent to which China's really uh, self-defeating diplomacy over the course of the pandemic has contributed to its own encirclement uh, militarily and, and diplomatically. And if you look at, I think particularly the members, the other members of the Quad, so if you look at Australia, you look at India, you look at Japan, all of them in their different ways, um, are aligning themselves much more clearly and much more publicly uh, with the United States in in security terms. So Australia, you know, for reasons that you just mentioned, if you look at Japan in its new defense white paper, explicitly for the first time, uh, linking Japan's own security with cross-strait stability. Uh, you look at you know India also aligning itself much more openly with the United States, and so 
one, I, I wonder what is the, the strategic calculus in inside Beijing. If I'm sitting in Beijing, I see that I am mobilizing resistance to my own resurgence within my backyard. So do I, how do I interpret that development and do I recalibrate, number one? And number two, um, I do wonder in terms of offsetting this trend, um, what will China do economically? It seems to me, and I, I'd be curious what you think of this hypothesis, it seems to me that China is making a bet, or the China, I think it basically has concluded that it's going to have to expect more of this type of security pushback. And I think that China seems to be making a bet that if its economic centrality in its backyard and beyond continues to grow, that it, it can perhaps overwhelm or, or, or offset that trend. I don't know if that hypothesis is uh, how well grounded it is, but it seems to me that that's what the thinking is. What, what do you think about that? Well, you know, China has been, you know, very smart and for 25 years has pursued a strategy to build power that has not sparked this sort of pushback. Right. And, you know, I'm working on a whole book right now on how they've done that. But what's really striking is if you look at Chinese media in response to this deal, most of it has been like, Australia, we're coming for you. Mm. So I don't think we're going to see a moderate approach. And what's very interesting is that like, you know, at this point, I think they don't understand that it's exactly that type of approach what is what led to this agreement to begin with. Yeah. So I don't think other countries are going to see the pain that China is going to push on Australia and say, oh, I don't want to you know, upset China. I think they're going to say, look at how bad this can get. You know, can we really put our hands or our faith in the idea that the Chinese will like leave us alone? Probably not. Uh, and so then I think they probably will get closer and closer to the United States. So I think this is the first data point of a lot of new different trends that we'll see in the region moving forward. Yeah, well, certainly a, a big development, lots more to come and looking forward to talking again with you soon.